Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Flash Podcast. Um, if you've ever listened to the show before, you probably realize that something is a little bit different this week. I am Lacey Bogger, and I'm one of the co-hosts here at the Flash Podcast, but I'm definitely not Andy. We are taking a week off while the Flash is on hiatus from doing a group episode, but we still have some exciting, fun content coming your way this week and in the weeks ahead. We are going to do some special themed episodes about everything from fan fiction to a group watch of Birds of Prey. We're pretty stoked about all of that, but we got to, you know, find the time to record it. So that's coming soon to a theater near you or podcast app near you, I guess is more specific. But this week, we have an exciting little treat for those of you who also enjoy watching the rest of the shows in the Arrowverse. I got the chance to sit down with Nicole Maines, who plays Nia Nall slash Dreamer on Supergirl. And we had the absolute best conversation about, oh gosh, everything from the show to Star Wars to how we're dealing with quarantine life and our new normal. So we thought we would uh, play it for you. Sorry in advance, it's got a little adult language. Uh, Like I said, we had a lot of fun. Anyway, check it out. And we'll be back next week with some more Flash-themed stuff on the Flash podcast. As as a trans actress, I know for sure, like I was at Comic-Con last summer and I I got to see some of the reaction from, from fans, from even like people in the press room about about the arrival of Nia and how much she has meant to people all around the world being on the show. How much has, has being part of that meant to you? Like, I saw people crying. Like, I, I cried know. a little bit. It was, it's, like, it was wonderful. It's meant the world to me, getting to see people's reactions and seeing how validated people feel by this character. It is so well, – it's, it's inspiring to me. And I, I've had these interactions with folks where um, – Comic cons and at different conventions where, you know, I'll do um, press interviews or meet and greets and I'll meet someone and I'll just, we just kind of have to hug it out and cry because it's like, what else do you say? You know, we, I, we never thought we would see a trans superhero. And so getting to have that is so powerful for this community. And we're all so proud. I'm so proud to get to bring that to everybody and then to get to do these kinds of interviews and then do meet and greets and press and press rooms and get to talk about it and just being able to talk about having a trans superhero and how fucking cool that is how fucking cool is it like just you said trans superhero like three times and i was like that that's the thing that we get to say is on tv now that's so cool oh, totally that's so it's so cool um and one of my favorite things actually is the way that nia and dreamer have been um, you know, she's been included into Supergirl in a way that's like absorbed as a natural part of the story. Totally. She's not like she's not like the token trans character I'm making. Totally, from. like totally. Just, that's that's just a piece of who she is. Well, that's one of my other favorite parts about her is she's not. She has other stuff going on besides being trans. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's dreamer. She is seeing the future and eating breakfast burritos and living her best life. And it is so cool to get to have trans characters, not even just trans superheroes in general, but having trans characters who have storylines outside of their transness Mm -hmm. and their, the conflicts in their life do not revolve around whether or not they're accepted by other people, whether or not, 
um, um, you know, like, it, like it, it wasn't like her coming out story. She just yeah. sort of like told people I'm yeah. I'm trans, and that was kind of Mia's arc. Mia's arc. It, it comes in a point where, but that is she is past that. She has wrestled with that part of her identity. She has had that crisis, and she has solved that. She is when she comes into Supergirl. Her issue is not about being a trans person trying to figure out what it means to be trans in the world. It's about, hey, gang, I'm seeing the fucking future, and this is crazy. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. Which I is mean, a relatable. We've all been there. <laughs> Another thing I loved about this was just sort of like a – a, a tiny little through line that the dreamer powers passed down through the women mm-hmm. in her family. I, I only realized the, that the other day, because quite frankly, someone else told me, but I was like, that's the, that is such a really like subtle. Isn't that so powerful? I was, I was so moved when I read that. That is such a, like you said, subtle and powerful way to reaffirm me as identity. Um, also matriarchy for the win. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to let's decide do an episode. Work. Let's do a couple episodes where they go to Naltor and they just party it out. Um, I, I feel like Naltor knows how to party. That episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I will ask what like the I forget what number it was, but the reality bites episode that was on really recently. Yeah, and it was I was. I, first, I have to say I was pretty stunned that, like, a network TV show was like, okay, we're going to, like, step up and, and tackle this anti-trans violence story yeah. in a superhero show. I just yeah. thought that was incredible. So was, tell me oh, like, tell me a little bit about what that was like to make that kind of story. Oh, my God. That was so – it was so incredible getting to do that. And it was so amazing getting to be a part of that whole process from writing to shooting and – and did you get? Did you did you sit in the writers' room? Yeah. Well, I was on a call with them uh, before we wrote anything. They called me and we had an hour, like an hour long conversation. And we just talked about everything. What are the points we really want to highlight? You know, so much stuff ends up on the cutting room floor. We were like, what absolutely needs to get nailed down and you know cemented in and can't go anywhere? What are the points we can't lose? Um, That's amazing. And yeah, it was so amazing. And talking about, you know, this transphobe, Gregory Bowers, you know, who, who, who's he? What's he about? What point do we want him to be trying to make? What, who is he representing? And he is, you know, kind of the amalgamation of a, a, just a, a comment section come to life. <laughs> yes. He is. Accurate. He, well, leading up to the episode, seeing what people were saying, you know, and it's all about, you know, oh, trying to trick dudes into thinking, you know, oh, trans women traps, uh, you know, Ugh. you're a freak, you're not, you're never going to be a real woman. It, it, he, and of, of course, gay panic, you know, we mm-hmm. wanted his kind of motivation to be, he's someone who had interest in a trans woman and panicked. And realized she was trans and and thought, oh, I need to prove something. Uh, 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 but, but I'm not gay. I need to. And, and that's such, I mean, in so many states, the f- 
fact that that is not immediately thrown, that excuse, gay panic, is not immediately thrown out in court. Um, and I guess for, insane. for clarification for any of those who don't know, gay panic is um, a legal defense where someone can claim that they went home with a trans person, usually a trans woman, um, claims that they didn't know they were trans, found out, panicked, and murdered them. I'm literally, like, crossing myself right now. That's so terrible. Yeah. And so we want, in, in, in too many states, it's still, I want to say it's like 20, I want to say I want to be kind of a large number because I'm trying to think of just how many states still let you get fired from your job for being gay, which is like a tremendous amount. Yeah. Um, So it's, and it's, so 20, I want to say 22, I could be wrong, um, but I think it's 22 where it is, it is admissible in court. It's usually thrown out immediately because it's, you know, a fucking stupid excuse. You just murdered someone. Um, but the fact that it's, you know, that you can, you can submit that is absurd. And so we really wanted him to be that kind of guy with something he felt that he needed to prove mm-hmm. and that he was so insecure and to, and to repair his own ego, he felt he needed to take down a superhero. Which was another thing that I loved about this episode is that he wasn't a meta. He wasn't an alien. He wasn't mm-hmm. part of Leviathan. He was just, just a, a regular guy. average. He was dude. just a guy with a switchblade who was still capable of doing so much damage. Which is and that's what like I think as is really as terrifying. Him. It's as terrifying as an alien, really. Yeah. yeah. I'm much more well, likely to meet a person he's like real. that. He's here. He exists. You know, alien, Martians, aliens, you know. I mean, they probably exist, but we don't know. We don't have any proof. Well, they're Him, definitely not going to find us now. We, yeah, right? They're going to see this interview and they're going to be like, oh, well, I need to prove something. Oh, <laughs> what you called? Um, or they're going to be like, oops, never mind, coronavirus. Yeah, go. they're going to be like, oh, eh. Yeah, but this guy is, this guy is real. He exists. And all of his arguments are things that I have seen and that I have heard. And... I mean, of course, so that's terrifying. And then just also the way, the way that Pearson Foday played him was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Does Honestly. it feel like a man that you, like, we've met that guy before. Like, oh, even if you don't know you have, you have. We've all met that guy. And the other thing that I felt was so important about doing this episode was seeing people's reactions and, you know, the press leading up to it. And they, there's so many people did not believe that trans violence was as serious as it is. So many people were like, who is attacking people because they're trans? This is such a stretch. We do not need this episode. And I'm like, oh, well, then, honey, this episode is for you. Oh, my gosh. And so we but tried I guess the part of the show that deals with aliens is fine. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, oh yeah, a pair, of, a pair of glasses, you know, hides our identity. But trans violence, that's where we, that's where we draw the line. It's the ponytail, um, really, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so it was like, so we tried to use as many real, real tidbits from life, you know, from Gregory Bauer's thinking, kind of thinking, you know, to statistics. When we had that scene where William and Carl were talking, we used the real mortality rate for trans women at the time of filming 
in the United States. It was 24 recorded deaths in 2019 at the time of filming. So that's what unfortunate, which unfortunately means it's probably actually a little bit higher. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And, exa- and exactly like what William said, the real number is probably much, much higher because how much those unreported or victims being misgendered in police reports so their deaths are not counted as trans hate, hate related violence because it's not reported as you know the victim being trans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it was a powerful episode to do, but I was so proud of and I was so proud to do it, and everyone was so excited to be doing it with us. Um, I walked so into awesome that the cast and crew were just coming up and saying how excited and how proud they were um, to be a part of the show to be doing this. It was really great. I mean, I do think I have to say Supergirl out of all the Arrowverse shows specifically, like really, I think, takes a great joy in doing stuff like that. And it's part of the reason I like the show so much anyway. But let's let's see if we can talk about something a little happier. Well, although I was like, Mia and Brainy, I'm like, well, that's kind of sad right now, too. Well, I mean, it's sad, but that relationship is still a lot of fun. And getting to yeah. see those scenes with Jesse is always so much fun. You guys look I mean, like you're having the best time. We have, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, but I can't speak for Jesse, but I know I have the best time. Because they're both so ridiculous. And so getting to do that, um, the breakfast burrito scene. That was a lot of fun. I ate, like, eight burritos. I mean... And they would always give me, like, a trash can. They're like, okay, you don't have to, like, eat it. You can, like, spit it out. And I was like, no, I love breakfast burritos. And Jesse was like, you're going to hate them by the end of it. And I was like, is that a challenge, Ralph? (laughs) Accepted, obviously. Accepted. Accepted. Um, So, it's... Yeah, those scenes are so much fun. And because Jesse is just like, the funniest person alive. So it is very fun to do those scenes. Do you think we will see Nia and Brainy get back together anytime soon? Or are we more of like a Nia on our own for a while? Which is not a bad really? thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's sad because I think that that couple is so, there's so much to that pairing that's been unexplored. You know, mm-hmm. at the start of season five, they've been together for a month, between the month between season four and season five. And so we haven't, and then at the start of season five, kind of all of their moments, even all their happy moments, have kind of been overcast by miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't really seen them hit their stride in their groove. And I mean, he's the smartest man in the universe, and she can see the future. And is, I mean, also smart in her own right. They, there should, I want to see them, like, roll into a crime scene, like, full, like, windbreaker, sunglasses, you know, they're both wearing heelys, and they roll into the crime scene, and he's just like, that's a murder weapon, this is the guy who did it, this is his motive, and she's like, fact check, fact check, sawn in a dream, let's wrap this up, we got dinner, Rezzies. Like, I want to see them, like, Sherlock and Watson, like... Um, would watch solving solving every crime like it's freaking nothing and like just having this crazy like really cute banter over all of it like I feel like they have there's so much 
in that relationship that we haven't seen just because it has been so overcast by them not really knowing what to do with each other because, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, yeah, she's just bad at communicating and he was, you know, his personality was inhibited the whole time. So now with Brainiac being able to fully be himself, now with Mia really like, okay, I am not going to hide my feelings. I am going to speak my truth. I'm going to save my mind and I'm going to say what I need. I feel like there is potential for them to have finally a really healthy, successful relationship. And it's just a question of, you know, is Mia going, is Brainy going to be able to make it up to Mia and is Mia going to be able to forgive him? Because we Mm -hmm. as viewers, we all know why Brainy's doing this. We all know that he's the good guy. But from Mia's point of view, she told him that she loved him. And then later that night, he broke her heart and didn't tell her why. So she has no idea what's going on. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can she trust him again? I want them to get the chance to just be happy for a little bit. That would be I would somebody on the show to get to I really hope they do. Someone on the show needs some joy. Someone needs to be happy. Um, rough on our kids and Mia especially has had a rough like couple of seasons she really like, has her sister hates her her mom died entire universe blew up she died she came back boyfriend broke up with her like she's kind of like and then her roommate got attacked like she's kind of like she's batting at zero oh when you when you list it all out like that poor thing She's going through a lot. Well, that's also why I was so happy to do that scene with Kara and Mia on the balcony where Mia just completely breaks down because we finally kind of get to see a superhero. I think in a lot of these shows, we see them dealing with these crazy high stakes and we see them, you know, just it's loss after loss after loss. And finally, we're really starting to see someone say, hey, I'm not fucking okay with this. I'm really struggling and I don't know what to do. And so I was really happy to get to do that scene because I think it was also a really important step for Mia because it kind of shows you what she's been, what she's been going through. It's a lot. Yeah, I don't think I'd actually realized how much until you sort of listed it all out like that. That's, whew, that is, as my grandmother would have said, that is a dose. It is a dose. I love that. (laughs) Southern old Southern lady wisdom. I love that. It is a dose. It's a big dose. My grandma would be so. My grandma, she passed away a few years ago, but she'd be so proud at how many of her weird sayings I still use all the time. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will. Let's see. Oh, here's something I wanted to make sure I remembered. I asked. Um, Can we talk about all the dream puns, please? Because I love them. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I love that. See, that's what's great about Dreamer. In the midst of all of this tragedy and all of this loss, she still finds the time to be fucking ridiculous. It's just like she's like, it's time for you to take a nap. Just like, I, I love, love her. her. I love her. She's so fun. Um, I love those. I have like a whole, a whole notepad on my phone. Um, like of ones you've done or ones you want to do? Ones I want to do. I have ones I've done. I have ones I want to do. I'm um, in 15, nap time was from the list. Um, 
That was really good. Jesse helped me pick out which one. I had like a whole list. I was like, Jesse, I don't know what to do. Um, What's your favorite one that you've had to do so far? There have been some doozies. Favorite that I've gotten to do? Um, I loved when she was talking to Kara um, last season. She was like, someone needs to make Ben Lockwood go nighty, night, night. That was so stupid. And she was so serious. I, she really does, like, with her whole heart, she says, because I love it. Oh, she commits. <laughs> she puts her whole little heart into each one, and I love I it. I know. It's not, it's not irony. It's, like, it's for real time. I love it. She's not, she's not playing. She's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just realized that I've, like, had you on the phone for 25 minutes. It's so much fun. Um, I will, I will do, I will try to wrap up real quick with one more question, which is something I always wonder about, like, if I were famous, like, what is the one thing that you are, or would, would love for people to ask you about, like, outside of Supergirl? Oh, my God. Um, it can be, like, anything, like, what you're up to right now, a movie you saw, a book you read, something. Yeah. Um, I feel like the question we should ask everybody is, like, what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh, or more, or more loaded, what's your favorite Star Wars? I feel like that has the potential to, like, divide people. Ooh. Well, this is where I have to make a confession where I'm only, like, I've seen Star Wars, but, like, I don't feel connected to it enough to, like, mm-hmm. fight with people about it. So I mm-hmm. feel like I'm a mm-hmm. bad judge of that. Then mm. I, I will safely say to you, my favorite Star Wars, because we'll have no judgment, my favorite Star Wars, I'm going to get so much hate online for this, my favorite one is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Everybody, oh. everybody like, hates it. I know and, that I, that of I do know that much about the fandom is that everyone oh. hates prequels. And although I will say yeah. Natalie Portman has some great outfits in that one. She has she has some killer looks. Padme is styling. She did. <laughs> she really did that. <laughs> I know everyone everyone hates episode two, but I'm such a sucker for like I feel like. Episode two, and also I have a lot of nostalgia for the prequels because, of course, that's mm-hmm. when I was growing up, so I'm biased as hell. But I feel like episode two, Obi-Wan was at his peak sass. Mm-hmm. The Battle of Genosis will always give me chills. It's so cool. Um, I think we forget now, like, how groundbreaking those movies were in terms of, like, special effects and stuff. Oh, well, totally. Yeah. It looks Because so now cool. it looks kind of lame, but that's because it's been, like, yeah, and then also like, a while. And, like, Looking back now, like, Padme, girl, the signs were there. You should have, like, <laughs> run for the Naboo Hills, right? You deserve better, girl. Like, he, like, rolled up and he was like, I killed them all, the women and the children. And she's like, mm, I'll stick around. Uh, I mean, we've all, all made like, that error. You slaughtered like, an entire village, but you still got to smash? I was like, that was bad. I mean... Be real, Hayden Christensen was hot back then. I mean, I guess he's probably still hot, but I'm not sure what he's doing. So I don't know if he is. All I know, all I know is every time that there was that scene where he like cuts the pear and he like uses the fork and he like floats it across the table onto her fork. Get you a man who's gonna do that. That (laughs) is like I'm like move over the notebook. (laughs) That scene sends me every time. I'm just like, oh, stop there. I want that. Just with, like, less genocide. That with less fun. genocide. I mean, no one's perfect. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> um, 
this has been one of my favorite calls that I've literally ever done. So oh, thank I'm you so for happy. that. Really felt like a, I don't know. I'm going to like turn this in and people are going to be like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, it's just like, this is how I talk to people normally. I was very deeply not. <laughs> That's what I love about interviews. I love to get just like, I love to be fucking stupid. Same. Oh, but thank you so much for your time. Oh my God. Thank you. This has been so fun. This has been so fun. If we are still, I'll do, I'll do round two if we're still like in this I, in a couple of weeks. We don't have nothing to do. <laughs> I will be happy. We'll do round two coronavirus update. How are you doing? Yeah. What are we? What's going what are on? we? What are we watching on Netflix? What kind of like weird crap are we cooking? Totally <laughs> fun. The coronavirus like recap show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much. Have such a good day. Stay safe. Enjoy thank the you. Texas outside. All right. Thank you very much.